theme song, take one. everybody and welcome to another edition of Dirty Talk with Randy Gray. For those of you that do not know, my name is Chris. Hi Chris. Hi, and you are? I am Randy Gray. Yes, the namesake of the show. I just wanted to introduce ourselves in case any of you have not heard any of our previous shows. If this is your first show, welcome. If it is your first show, go back and listen to some of the other shows because I think they're pretty good and you will enjoy them. We had a little bit of a hiatus because I am just getting over pneumonia. Yeah. And for any of you who have not had pneumonia, I do not recommend it. It's not fun. Nope. It's weak in bed. It's antibiotics and it's not fun. Then you had an allergic reaction to the antibiotics. Yes. Rash, rash everywhere. <laughs> so this is uh, episode six, The War on Sex Workers. Yeah, as we mentioned in the last podcast, which was the death of porn. We've had some grim titles for these episodes. Well, there's been some grim things happening lately, but some not so sexy things have been happening. And even though we always like to try and keep it sexy around here, sometimes reality comes knocking on the front door and you have to address those issues. Yeah. So today we are going to be talking about FOSTA. Or as it is other, I guess there's two bills. There's the SESTA and the FOSTA. Pretty much what we're talking about is that there's a mashup of two Senate bills. The first one was the Stop Enabling Sex Traffickers Act of 2017, otherwise known as SESTA. And there's the House equivalent, which was the Fight Online Sex Trafficking Act, FOSTA. They were kind of lumped together. And they were designed to prevent websites from facilitating sex trafficking. It sounds like something that we would want, but it's more... It sounds very noble, right? Yeah, it sounds very noble. But of course, with most noble things, Mm -hmm. the devil is in the details. Mm -hmm. And in this case, there is a lot of devil in these details. Mm -hmm. In short, basically to sum it up, SESTA-FOSTA rolls back portions of Section 230 of the Communications Decency Act which is a 20-year-old law that protects online publishers from the things that their users happen to say or do. So this new bill holds website owners legally liable for criminal prosecution for any sex trafficking discussions that are viewable on their platform. And it also gives state attorney generals the right to bring a civil action against websites, which is huge. Oh yeah, it's a sweeping power. And it also amends the federal criminal code to add a new section that imposes penalties. They can impose a fine, prison term of up to 10 years, or both, depending on their discretion, on a person who is using a facility or means of interstate or foreign commerce, owns, manages, or operates an interactive computer service. Basically, any social media platform, anything online that's so broad that it could be anything 
uh, Craigslist, any online advertising, anything, it enacts these fines or prison terms on them Mm -hmm. if they have found to promote or facilitate the prostitution of another person. So it's not just sex trafficking, it also includes all prostitution as well. Right. That it was very scary how this bill was worded, and there's already significant fallout just in the past couple of weeks. The way this legislation is set up, it says that a website is responsible if it assists, supports, or facilitates sex trafficking, which sounds noble, but the the vague wording of how this bill was put together opens it up to interpretation, and people are rightfully, in my mind, concerned about frivolous lawsuits against platforms that didn't even know that trafficking was happening on their site. And the scariest part of all is that this bill is actually applied retroactively. So platforms can be held legally liable for hosting sex trafficking-related content back when it was legal. Yeah. And that's huge. Because prior to this, that section that they were rolling back, the Section 230 of the Communications Decency Act, protected online companies from user-generated content. They're basically saying we can't police every single user we have on the platform and know what they're putting up at all times. And that was their protection. So if somebody put something objectionable up there, because it's true, if you have millions of visitors a day using your platform, it's impossible to know exactly what everybody is putting up at any one time. And they were protected under the statute for a long time, but now they're saying, no, 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 we are basically holding you responsible. So this could not just be the beginning of holding them responsible for people advertising sex on their platform, but it could easily move into them being held responsible for any sort of free speech, especially if they're making this retroactive, saying, well, no, you're responsible, even though it was legal at the time, now it's not, and now we're holding you responsible. So people are panicking It's terrifying. A lot has happened in the past couple of weeks in regards to this. Yeah. And I think it's not just a war on sex traffickers. It's a war on personal freedoms. And it's a war on your right to say what you want to say Mm -hmm. and your right to do what you want to do with your body. So we have a couple news bits that are coming up. And we are going to be trying to incorporate this topic into our news bits. You ready for some news bits? I most certainly am. All right. We'll see you in a second. From around the world to your living room, this is Newsbit. All right, Boo. So, what you got for us with your news bit? So, my news bit directly ties into the theme of today's show, which is the war on sex workers. Backpage.com has been a huge platform for sex workers to advertise, and it was making a lot of money. A lot, a lot of money. And whenever there's a lot of money around something, people start to get concerned. To be fair, the government started looking into Backpage.com before this FOSTA bill got passed. And the CEO of the back page uh, has pleaded guilty for money laundering and is facing up to a decade in prison. And we're talking pretty huge money that got passed. So once these sex trafficking bills started to happen, 
they were able to pin it on what they were already doing with the back page. Escorts and courtesans and prostitutes were using the back page to advertise. And what the selling point of Backpage is that it allowed you to screen your clients. It allowed you to have a filtering system. You weren't just walking the streets, having someone approach you, crossing your fingers, and hoping that it worked out for the best. Disappearing into some alley or yeah. some car with some stranger. Right. It, which street walking is an incredibly high-risk activity to do. Backpage allowed people that had voluntarily chosen to be escorts as a job to screen their clients have a higher degree of safety. But we can't have that. We have to save these poor darlings from themselves because they don't really know what they want. It seems noble to say, okay, we're going we're gonna to protect all this sex trafficking. The thing is, traffic victims, three-fourths of trafficked people are not sex workers. They're domestic workers. They clean your house. They're working in a sweatshop. They're getting paid nothing to make the cheap clothing that you buy. They're working in the fields. Those are the real trafficking victims, but that's not sexy. Nobody cares about, I want to make sure that an illegal domestic immigrant is not being forced to scrub toilets 16 hours a day. No, they're cracking down on Backpage. And in doing so, they've taken away a platform that allows sex workers to be safe. The math is that when online sex advertising was available to sex workers... The overall homicide rates for female victims fell by 17%. That is almost one out of five because they had the platform of places like Backpage. And that's been taken away. This bill passing will result in deaths. That's not me exaggerating. That's not me trying to be dramatic. People will die as a result of this bill. And the core of it, as far as I can see, is that they don't want you to do sex work. They're tarting it up and like, we are trying to save you from yourself. But really what it is, is get a different job. How dare you sell your vagina? That makes us uncomfortable. Yeah. And a lot of these girls or not women or TSs of- or whatever. I, I have a, a friend of mine that is actually a TS escort. And when she found out that Backpage got shut down and she got so much of her business through there, she broke down in tears Mm -hmm. because this was essentially killing her business. She did have some steady clients, but there was no other safe way for her to advertise her services. So she was bawling and she was depressed for days upon days. And there's a couple other services that she can use to advertise that aren't as good. But what it's going to be is that she's going to be forced more into the underground mm-hmm. and have to take on riskier risk. yeah. clients. It's the same thing that happened with the shutdown of my Red Book, where mm-hmm. a lot of the girls on my Red Book communicated with each other. All the time. I was on Red Book. I advertised on it all the time. And they would have all sorts of forums where other providers could discuss bad dates. They could give tips. They could tell who to watch out for. They could tell the things you should do. There was reviews. You could see about the people coming to you. You were able to check in with other providers. Yeah, without that, without that open communication, there's no yeah. real good way to vet mm-hmm. potential Johns. In an attempt to make things safe, supposedly air quotes, for a certain group, they're actually endangering a significantly less significantly safe. more people. Yeah. If you haven't heard about it, Backpage has been shut down. Craigslist also preemptively in the wake of this took down their adult services listings. They took down the personals. Reddit has removed a lot of threads. Twitter is cracking down. This passing of a bill that people are like, oh, it's a noble, we're going to save sex workers. It's having ripple implications everywhere. 
if you've wondered why Twitter's gotten more boring, if you've wondered why personals, if people, people I know that were not sex workers would go onto Craigslist and hook up with someone, that was what you could do with the personals, that's gone. I was kind of wondering how it might affect Tinder, because so many people go on Tinder for hookups. And if I know I had read that some sex workers were using Tinder as a way to meet potential clients as well. Wow. So I'm wondering what that might mean for these dating sites as well, for people using mm -hmm. dating sites as a front for contacting new clients. This is kind of the Wild West. Everything's changing. And changing it's very be, rapidly. And there are ripple effects everywhere. It's going to be interesting to see what happens in the next couple of years. So that's my news item. What's yours? Mine is a little bit more lighthearted than yours. I tried to find the silver lining and everything because you know me, I'm always a bright, brilliant, blinding ray of sunlight. Oh, I, I have to, I'm wearing shades right now. Oh, yeah. What I found interesting in the news comes from Zimbabwe. And I think it's interesting that Zimbabwe is just slightly more progressive than we are here in the US. What? Because at their largest international trade fair, they are letting sex workers have a booth of their own. These sex workers have tried for a number of years to have representation at this trade fair and been rejected. So this year, they actually have a booth. It's not just the sex workers. It's an organization called Sexual Rights Center. And they're a human rights organization. They work with marginalized groups, including sex workers, lesbians, gay, transgender, bisexual, intersex people. And they work with them around their sexual rights in Zimbabwe. They have a booth there at the fair, and they're trying to raise awareness of the fact that there's sex workers. And I think it's estimated that there's about 44,586 sex workers currently operating in Zimbabwe, they want to let people know that they're there. They're not scary people. They're normal people, just right. like they are. Mm -hmm. If you ran into them on the street, you would never have any idea. And they also want to share their message of safe sex practices because Africa has so many rampant STIs, such a high level of HIV among the things they're trying to battle is a belief that they're really having a hard time getting people to shake that if you're HIV positive and you have sex with a virgin, your HIV will be cured. Mm -hmm. And now yeah. you're still HIV positive and you've just given it to someone as well. Oh, yeah. They're trying to demystify some of the beliefs around the HIV and the STIs and encourage condom use and just let people know that this is a viable thing that women can do what they want with their bodies. And if they so decide, they can use their bodies to make a living for themselves and their families. Because unfortunately, some of these marginalized women don't really have any other options yeah. in African countries like Zimbabwe. Yeah. So I think that's hugely progressive that this trade organization let them have a booth at the fair. Unfortunately, the reaction from a lot of people has been quite negative. They've been joking about it on Twitter and a lot of people are outraged that they would let these people have a voice and that it takes away from the legitimacy of Zimbabwe's other industries. They have a booming tech industry and they have all sorts of other international industries. Unfortunately, they are focusing on this one thing and feel like this takes away 
the legitimacy. I don't think so. I think that this kind of raises Zimbabwe's bar in my eyes and hopefully internationally that they would be progressive enough to let these people have a voice. So here, here is Zimbabwe. Thanks for doing this. And uh, I hope that many more countries follow suit and let these people that so long have had to hide in the shadows actually have a voice and come out and be public about it. Sex, sex work is work. Yeah. That's what I got for my news bit. Well, let's thank you for sharing that with me. Uh, let's, um, with me and all of our listeners. Of course. Let's get started on the meat of this podcast, which is actually kind of exciting because we have a special guest today. We are joined by Arabelle Raphael, who I've known for almost a decade. And she is a sex worker, an activist, an author. And she's calling in today to share her thoughts on the passing of FOSTA. And we will get onto that interview right after we talk about why, in our opinions, sex work should be legalized. Mm -hmm. So we will be right back with you in just a minute. Hi everyone, this is Rain DeGray at Dirty Talk. This podcast was brought to you by all of my Patreon supporters. I love what I do, and I could not do it without you. Patreon is the platform that allows me to keep doing what I'm passionate about. I can be found at patreon.com backslash Gray. Again, that's patreon.com backslash Gray. All of my Patreon supporters that pledge $5 or more get exclusive early access to the podcasts I'm creating. We're talking today about some topics that are really near and dear to my heart, and one of the points that I want to bring up that I believe in really strongly is that sex work should be legalized. Yeah, it shouldn't be left in the shadows. Right. It shouldn't be the dark thing, dirty secret that people don't want to talk about. And everybody uses it. Everybody enjoys it to some level or another. Mm -hmm. I mean, maybe not everybody. I'm sure there's some hardcore fundamentalist Christians. Who have never uh, ever watched porn ever. No, mm -hmm. never, never <laughs> called a- Never seen a dirty magazine once. 197 number, whoever they used to be. I don't even think, do they still do calls? I think that they still do some calls. I mean, I've never... Oh, yeah, I guess there's that live links. I've yeah, seen the advertisements for those. The core of it is this, is that it's not just sex work. Throughout all of human history, when prohibition hit and alcohol was made illegal, the murders, the mutilation, the trauma, everything that happened as a result of alcohol being made illegal, people were dying, left, right, front, and center. When you legalize and license any human activity that humans are already going to be doing, whether it be drinking, whether it be drugs, whether it be fucking, whether it be gambling, the more that something's kept in the shadows, the less that something is legislated, the more it's allowed to operate underground, 
the more violent it is, the more dangerous it is, the more murders and deaths happen as a result. And the more money it costs society and having mm -hmm. to police those actions. Look mm -hmm. at the war on drugs. Total failure. There's still plenty of drugs. The opium, the more opioid ever. epidemic mm -hmm. is huge in the US. People are dying mm -hmm. and they've pushed billions of dollars into this war on drug, trying Wasted to close money. off the Mexican border, but people still get drugs. Mm -hmm. You know, I've, I've seen this effect of regulation happen in California. I've had a number of friends that were involved in the weed trade mm -hmm. for the longest time, and they were making a lot of money under the table, growing pot, not having to do very much work, just sitting back and rolling in the dough. But over this last year, since marijuana has become legal in California, it's essentially killed the black market. All the people I knew that were working on the fringes, that could be lazy, mm -hmm. that could grow a half-assed product, mm -hmm. they're struggling and they're dying, not literally, but mm -hmm. financially, they can't get rid of anything anymore because of all the regulation. If you regulate something, and it's been shown over and over again, mm -hmm. if you regulate it, it takes it out of the shadows, mm -hmm. make it so that it can be audited. I'm a libertarian myself. I hold a lot of libertarian views. I think that people need to have the ability to make decisions for themselves. But I think that there is room for regulation, right? Re regulation is beneficial. And I know people freak out, oh, things shouldn't be regulated. You can't argue with facts. And the facts are this. Humans are going to do certain things. Humans are going to drink. Humans are going to fuck. Humans are going to do drugs. Humans are going to gamble. We like those things because it produces dopamine in our brains. It feels, it feels good. good. People want to do, do things, things that, that feel, feel good. good. And when you put those, oh, those dirty gambling's bad, alcohol's bad, drug is bad, sex is bad, when you put those in the shadows, there are huge consequences. And the more you put a spotlight on it, the more that you make it above board, the safer it is for everybody. Yeah, even the consumers too. If I were to go and visit with a prostitute, I would have no idea who they were. I couldn't vet them myself beforehand. I wouldn't know if they'd been tested. I wouldn't know anything about them. I wouldn't know if I would get robbed going in, meeting them at some hotel room, and they just happen to have a guy there waiting for me because, of course, I'm going to probably have a couple hundred dollars in cash on right. me, so I could get robbed. And also, there's no recourse for them. What's to prevent me from going getting what I want, and then not robbing them, not right. paying. They can't go to the police and say, right. hey, I just had sex with this guy, and he refused to pay me. There's no legal recourse for them. They can't use the courts. Right. They can't take me to a small claims court and say, hey, this guy owes me however much because we had this contract. You can't have a contract when something is illegal. In my opinion, I think if they want to work in the field, they should register themselves. They could mm -hmm. get a tax ID number, just like any other business, they can pay taxes mm -hmm. on it. Think of all this missed tax income that the government is missing out on because these people are operating in the black market. It's an all cash business. Mm -hmm. I think they should just like in the porn industry, be tested on a regular basis. If I go- They to, are in Nevada. They're usually yeah, get tested every at, 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 in, the, in the ranches where, yeah. it's, where it's legalized. Mm -hmm. I don't know how it operates in Holland and Amsterdam where they have I'm them, sure but I'm sure that they yeah. probably have a board. And pay taxes, yeah. Yeah. So I want to go 
to my provider. I want to say, okay, what's your number? I can look you up. Yeah, you're, you're valid. You're legal. Here's your last testing dates. We have basically a legally binding contract saying you will provide me this service and I will provide you with this payment just like you have with any other service that you get from a private provider. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Yeah, that's, that's a fact. All these regulations, all this stuff is just forcing it further and further underground. And the people that are being hurt by the trafficking, the people that are getting killed and kidnapped, they're going to make them harder and harder to find. And it's not going to end the suffering. It's just going to... It's going to increase it. It's going to increase the suffering. Yeah. So legalize prostitution. And you know what? While we're at it, legalize everything else. Legalize the things that humans are going to do anyway so that we can do it in the safest and most consensual manner possible. Here, here. Hi everyone, this is Rain DeGray with just a quick reminder that you can check out all of my doings on my website, raindegray.com. I have an advice column there. I have articles written. I have regular blogs. I have shoutouts to all of my lovely Patreon supporters. I have a calendar of my scheduled classes, shoots, and events. If you're curious about what I'm doing and want to keep abreast of all of the fresh information, head on over to my website. It is updated on a regular basis with lots of exciting content. Alrighty, without any further ado, I would like to bring on our guest for today. We have Arabelle Raphael, a good friend of mine, who is calling in to share her thoughts with us about the passing of FOSTA as she is a sex worker and an activist, and I'm really curious to hear what she has to say today. Arabelle, if there's anything you would like to promote, anything you would like to tell our viewers about yourself, here's your chance. Yeah. Hi, I'm Arabelle. I've been a performer for uh, about eight years, and you can check my work out at www.arabellerafael.com. And I'm on Twitter, and I'm working on a book, so that'll come out soon. So, Ooh, that's yeah. exciting. Tell me a little bit about the book. So about a year ago, I got hit up to do an art show that was by sex workers. And for years, I'd been saving my hate mail. <laughs> like <laughs> I do my it favorite, too. My yeah, favorite yeah. hate yeah, mail, yeah. like the most creative, you know? Um, uh-huh. And I was like, someday I'll do something with this. And so basically, I decided to do a photo series where I reenacted everything that they said or like my own interpretation of what they were saying to me in photographs. It went really well and people liked them, you know, that little, their their quotes and then my, my interpretation of them alongside. And now I'm turning it into a book, except it's not just going to be hate mail for the book, just because that's going to be a really heavy fucking book to read if that's the case, (laughs) but more well-rounded and kind of what it's like to be me, uh, like public sex worker mm-hmm. and kind of uh, the kind the kinds of uh, mail and things that uh, I receive and what people put on me and what happens when people get to hide behind screens and uh, talk to engage with sex workers I guess yeah so that's what I'm I'm working on right now that's that's very interesting I can certainly relate I have my hate <laughs> mail file as well 
Just because some of the stalking issues, when they do threaten rape and murder, they can get really graphic and detailed with what they want to do. And I'm like, I need to keep a file just in case things get worse. You know, you want some documentation. It's it's a really weird dichotomy where we're offering a service that people want so badly and they are so fascinated and fixated on you and somehow simultaneously loathe you. It's very, yeah. it's quite a head fuck. Well, congratulations on the book. Uh, you're definitely someone who's out there and really public about the stuff you do. And these, first I've been seeing, you know, the industry shifting as a whole due to piracy. And oh, then yeah. it used to be 10 years ago that less performers escorted. And it's not that they did do it, but it, was, it wasn't as common. And as piracy has killed what we think of as traditional film work, more and more people have switched to escorting, which was totally viable. But now these bills have passed where they're trying to save us from ourselves when we don't need rescuing. And there's a lot of really noticeable implications on that. And I wanted to get your thoughts as someone who does do escorting, who is in the front lines of this, so to speak. Have you noticed the passing of this bill affecting you in any way? I am a super, super privileged worker. My business has not been affected. There's been things that have happened that have kind of like affected me, but I I am not. I'm not in the, you know, this so far, FOSTA has basically just gutted the people who can't afford certain kinds of websites. A lot of the platforms that have gone down have all been free or low income. Mm. I'm not in that uh, category of workers. So I'm still able, I can afford to do the other kinds of ads, which range from 150 to $600 a month. And for uh, some, that's okay. just not viable for everybody. Me personally, uh, not so much. I, you know, I lost my reviews. I, I totally understand why it was a loss for other people. For me, they were not something I really liked having around. Um, <laughs> I was not upset with it going, I was upset if it going away because it meant it was going to affect other people's work. Mm-hmm. And that's, but when it came to my business, it was not devastating. And we also just don't know because FOSTA just got signed in. I don't even know if it's a law quite yet. So this has all been preemptive, a self-censoring. So they may, you know, go after all the the bigger platforms. They just haven't done that yet. What I'm seeing that's really scary is that FOSTA has passed. I'm not, you know, certain about what the actual implications are looking at, but so many websites are panicking and doing preemptive censoring. So- Craigslist, yeah, Craigslist went down. Reddit, the back page, but back page was having implications before Google Drive. And uh, one of the things that I'm finding really striking is that Twitter is doing some pretty heavy self-censoring. They've released this new thing, and you're now not supposed to do nudity on Twitter, and you can lose your. Read that. I so it, I found that very vague. I read the the stuff, and it sounded like. You could you you could you couldn't have it in your headers, which right. was already a thing. But yeah. did they really ban all nudity? Because it seemed like they were just they left it in a really gray area where they're like, you can be deleted for this, but some of it's okay. Am, am I wrong? Did I read it wrong? I do it, think that everything is worded in a very gray area, and yeah. that's in my mind one of the issues is that it's oh, so okay. vague as to what it is, but. 
I've had my Twitter from the beginning, and I use it as a platform for a shit ton of stuff. Same. I, I've, same been, here. I've been forced to self-censor and err on the side of caution because I don't dare lose a platform that is so good for my advice column, the podcast, the classes I'm teaching. And you know, I get feedback that my Twitter's become boring, and it's like, where are all the free boobs? Where are all the naked pics? And it's like, I don't, I don't dare. I don't dare be that person. Yeah. I can't. Yeah, I had to. Well, I'm shadow banned. I oh, didn't yeah, me too. It's yeah, actually yeah. a thing, but it is a really a oh, thing. Oh, it's a thing. It's a thing. It's I'm, a thing. yeah. Yeah. I'm, so I can't promote, like, I, you know, I make a lot of my own content. I can't promote my clips right now. I can't promote half of my legal income. It's um, pretty scary. I took off my OnlyFans, doesn't link there anymore. Many, many vids doesn't either. Like, I'm like, you know, it's cleaning cleaning it all up and it's de- it definitely hurts business because I use it too like I write as well I make art I do yeah, other shit besides very you're very active and yeah. it's like you it, it would destroy I mean I could not lose my Twitter right yeah that I'm, would destroy my business I'm I'm in the same boat I look at my Twitter feed and it's way more boring there's a lot less pictures but I was in a situation where I was back when I was posting more exciting photos I actually had fans, and I'm putting fans in quotation marks, where they would be upset that they felt I wasn't paying them enough attention, and they would retaliate by reporting photos. And they would hashtag, they would tag me in so I could see it. They would be reporting me to Twitter, and which is, oh, yeah, crazy vindictive. And it's like, you didn't give me attention, and I'm pissed, so hey, Twitter, look at what Rain DeGray's doing. And I, I had to start censoring myself even before this bill passed, because- the line between fan and anti-fan is a very thin line. It and can, can turn very yeah. Of, sorry. <laughs> so if if it hasn't affected you, are you aware of anyone that it has affected? And what are your thoughts long term as this long-term. continues to un- unravel? It already has started. It's pushed people who are outdoors, people who don't have other options. For me, again, very privileged. If it were that I could like never escort or do you know and do any kind of in person session again, I'm not going to be homeless. I have other ways of making income that are legal, though porn is you know we'll see how how long that goes. It's also being attacked, but, <laughs> yeah. but I have other things. I have backup for some people. Their only way of making money has just been stripped from them. So it's forcing people out into the streets. It's making people more at risk to arrest rape and murder. People are losing their bad date lists too. So now people can't screen anymore. So again, you're at more at risk. I think people are going to be pushed to taking riskier gigs because they don't have any other options. It's creating a playground for predators and it further drives actual traffics people underground. That's the only way those people are found was through those listings. That's how those people were rescued. That's how those people were keeping in contact with lawyers, they just cut everybody off, endangering everybody involved, consensual and non-consensual workers and slaves, which is nuts. I started uh, an organization that is still forming with uh, Maxine Holloway in light of FOSTA to kind of provide information and support and resources to sex workers in the Bay Area because that doesn't really exist anymore. Swap Bay Area used to exist and it kind of disappeared after one of the leaders, Shannon Williams, died. 
And so you've got places like St. James, which is a medical services to sex workers, but beyond that, there's not much. So we've been holding these meetings and like people, I mean, you have different people are coming in from different circumstances. You have people do not have homes. So we're trying to help people with emergency funds, educating them on exactly what is the law, how to protect themselves, a lot of cybersecurity stuff. There's a lot of work to be done, but basically this is going to kill people. <laughs> that's, oh, that's yeah, right. flat out. They're, they're trying flat to protect like, trafficked yeah. victims and instead they're putting those people at higher risk, not yeah. lesser risk. Yeah. Exactly. If, if you want to peel back all the layers of the onion, the core of it is that they're like, we we feel icky that you're doing sex work and we don't like it. So we're going to coat that on the guys. We're trying to save you from yourself because you don't know any better. But they don't care if people die. They don't, they don't give a shit. Kamala Harris has been a – she's not the only person I do want to say. I think there has been a, fo- a lot of focus on hating just her. And there's a lot of people involved. But I'm using her as an example. She's made a career out of the anti-trafficking movement. And it's all just career moves. It has nothing to do with actually caring. Because if they did, they would listen to the Department of Justice. Even the Department of Justice agreed that this bill was dangerous for trafficked people. If they really were concerned, this is not the way they go about it. If you really cared about trafficked people, you would decriminalize sex work because it would make it way easier to help the people that don't want to be in the sex trade and way safer. Exactly. And and, and trafficked, <laughs> trafficked sex workers, in my mind, is a red herring. The people that are trafficked are forced labor to work in doing sewing machines or to do forced oh, labor, planting it, strawberries. It, it exists in other fields. I right. totally agree with you. People, it's there's forced labor it exists not just in the sex industry. But nobody gives a fuck, apparently, about the people that are forced to pick, you know, yeah. Oh, no, 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 no. We just, and, and it's such a, it's it's like when they were like, we're concerned about voter fraud. And there's like, what, two or three cases of voter fraud? They didn't care about voter fraud. It was taking away rights from people they didn't want to vote. In terms yeah. of se- sex trafficking, the actual people being sex trafficked is minute amount of the people that are Dude, being used can- as slaves for domestic yeah. labor, for working in a sweatshop, for working in the fields. No one cares about that, but no, no, no. Let's focus on like couple minute people. Basically, they don't want women making money off their bodies. No. That's the and, that's the core of it. And it's and it's attack on pe- on women, on mm. people of color, on mm. trans people. Because again, right, we're hitting so far. It's just been hitting the low income pe- people who are marginalized in society, right? And it's murder. It's pretty intense. And and. Trafficking victims have come out against this bill as well. The people who are actively trying to save are saying that this is harmful. It's it's nuts. Um, and we don't know when that's going to stop. And it's t- already and it's not just affecting sex workers. FOSTA goes after average Americans' sexual freedom. You can't cruise anymore. Casual encounters on Craigslist wasn't just for sex workers. Plenty of people were just using that to hook up. Which is perfectly legal. So now the government has made it so that you can't cruise the internet to fuck, right? Like, which is not illegal. Did you hear about Microsoft and Skype? It hasn't been announced as directly because of FOSTA, but you can't ignore that it happened right around there. They just started to enforce all nudity and graphic language. Microsoft is going to monitor Skype uh, conversations. And they will, like, delete you if you are using graphic language. So now, even if you're just not a sex worker traveling and you decide to Skype your honey and have some Skype sex, 
you can lose that that platform. I, I'm is- really curious, like how far it's going to have to get, because the average civilian's like, well, it doesn't affect me. I yeah. don't care. They're fucking, yeah, wait. <laughs> you're you're going to care when you can't have a Skype session with your husband or your wife. You're going to care when hooking up with something you like to do, and now you can't go to Craigslist and do that. You're going to yeah. care when Twitter gets boring and you're like, what happened to all the cool photos? I feel like we're in a, a pendulum shift in America where people are cracking down, where they oh, yeah. are de- trying to destroy porn. They're trying to destroy sex workers. People are getting really uncomfortable with this. and. I mean- there's a rise of racism and sexual moralistic panic and anti-trans stuff. It's this huge backlash of everyone that's afraid of any kind of change because they, I think, in their mind will lose some sort of privilege. Oh, you know? sure. When people yeah. that are yeah. used to being in power see their privilege yeah. slipping away, they're panicking. And as terrifying as this moment is, the comfort blanket that I wrap around myself is... Women have been able to vote for roughly 100 years. You used to not be able to have interracial marriages. Gay marriages? Are you kidding me? Biracial Mm -hmm. babies? An utter disgrace. Trans people had no rights. So what we're seeing is as the people in power and privilege are watching their privilege slip through their hands, they are losing their shit and trying to hold on to it white-knuckled. But it's like, that's only going in one way. It gets harder to discriminate against people. It does. You can't get away with it. We had lynchings in the South in the 1950s. Oh, they got uppity. We lynched them. You can't. So that's still happening, right? It's just now it's the police force that does that, right? uh, My thought on that is that (laughs) it's not happening more. It's just more reported. That had always happened. It was just oh, it's nothing new. Nothing new. I just I'm just saying that like that never went away. It just changed. I was watching this documentary and the Black Panthers and what they were trying to do and how they were destroyed and all that stuff. The shit that they were fighting against still happening now with Black Lives Matter. Mm-hmm. This shit is just, it's a back and forth struggle to just let people be people. It's insane. And yeah, and it's the same with people don't like sex workers. We really make them very uncomfortable because they could never imagine themselves doing that or they wish they could. The thing is that sex work is one of the world's oldest professions. It's been around forever. And they all partake in it. These people consume it. Oh, yeah. They'll jerk off to our porn and then call us disgusting whores that no one cares about. Everyone is a fucking hypocrite. (laughs) (laughs) So how how do you foresee the future as someone who's been invested in the industry, who is an activist, who is a loud and proud sex worker... Where do you see this heading in the future? Do you you have any guesses? Like, what's your takeaway on this? What is my takeaway? I don't even, you know, I don't even know if I have one at this point. It feels like it's just getting worse and worse. And that we're coming into this just very puritanical phase. We have seen this before. Red Book was shut down. So I've seen other things go by. I've seen horrible laws go through as well like california passed a bill that made it if you drive a sex worker to work or give them a ride or benefit from any of their money you are a trafficker it's real that's that exists which is all kinds of crazy that means people trying to keep themselves safer or sharing a house with a partner or a parent or whatever 
would criminalize these these other people, which is insane. So I've seen a lot of fucked up shit already happen. It feels like it gets getting worse and worse. Sex workers these days have a lot more voice. Now our platforms are getting taken away. Like I think social media gave sex workers a voice they didn't have before. Being able to be part of public discourse. That's how I get hit up by journalists to talk about this stuff. And I think it's changed a lot of stuff. So that's been great because I think a lot more people are a little bit more educated around sex work than they, let's say they were like 15 years ago. But at the same time, these platforms are now threatening to ban us. So I really fucking don't know. I really don't. I've thought about it. And for and maybe it's because I'm a little bit of a, a, a pessimist, but it's not <laughs> looking good. We're not. I don't think that we're pessimists, you and I. I think that we're realists and we're not dumb. And we think. I do think about the future. I do think about the implications. I find myself discouraged that I'm living in a society that does not want women to have autonomy over their own body. They don't want to give women pockets in their clothing. Because if a woman has pockets, she's going to get ideas above her station. Who knows what she could carry in that pocket? Yeah. For all of human history, we have been second-class citizens. And women that choose to become sex workers and reclaim the power dynamic is terrifying for the status no, quo. Like, and they don't use, and obviously there are sex workers that aren't women, when they raided Rent Boy, was that it? Rent Boy? They yeah. didn't, use, yeah, they didn't use that anti-trafficking rhetoric at all, which was very interesting. The way we talk about sex work when it comes to uh, women identified people and like men is very different. When they got raided, it was about money laundering, mm -hmm. you know? Um, when anything that has ever had women on there, it's always been about trafficking. Even though Backpage ended up only getting one count of trafficking, everything else they got hit for was other stuff. Because most of the people that were on Backpage were legitimate providers. Yeah, they, so, were, they were voluntarily uh, there, but they have to use that as an excuse. Yeah, oh, no, 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 we need to save the little darlings from themselves. They don't even know that they're being trafficked. Definitely. I don't think we'll go away. I think will always go away, but I think it will cost a lot of people their lives. So I don't want to be like, oh, we're cockroaches. We'll, we'll make it through anything. We won't ever go away because there will always be a demand. But will it become more dangerous? Will it yeah. cost people's lives? Um, yes. I've I done some research and it's, uh, aren't there already two deaths associated with the closing of Backpage? I haven't seen any hard evidence from people, but I've been seeing people talk about that there have been people reported dead, people reported missing. There was a study that found a shocking 17% decrease in homicides with female victims after Craigslist introduced erotic services. 17% is almost yeah. one out of five. Like, that's huge. Yeah. The core of it is that they honestly don't care. And they, no. they don't care if people die, and they're cloaking it under this guise of morality. We do care. But really, the underlying thing is you shouldn't be doing this, and if you die, it's on you. Yeah. In America, in this day and age, as a woman who still gets paid less to man's dollar, sex work is a, a very viable way to survive, to oh, yeah. be comfortable. I bought a house. I bought a fucking house in the Bay Area. I would not have been able to pull that off without sex work. Yeah. Heaven forbid that women make any money off their vagina, they should just be giving it to the husband and be his kept fuck toy and keep the house nice and tidy. Anything past that, they get all riled up about. It's disgusting to me, and I'm, I, am, I am curious to see where it goes. What helps me sleep at night is knowing that once 
someone has rights, they are loath to give those rights away, that social media has made the ability to talk about things much more widespread and it's harder to hide things under the carpet, and that closed-mindedness, racism, sexism, and homophobia are dying off. You used to be able to be sexist and racist and homophobic and no one would call you out on it. And now people are like, oh, that's actually shitty. I might do it, but I now know it's shitty. That's the feedback I'm getting. It's a mix, right? I feel like it's dying off. And at the same time, the resistance to it is so strong, too. People are just fighting. They're, it's strong they're fighting specifically. To, to call people keywords and N-words, right, you know? It's, it's strong specifically because it is dying off. Right. As the racist white power structure that has right. always been in control sees that shifting, they're panicking. Their panic is what got Trump in the White House. Their panic is like, oh, my yeah. my precious privileges that I got just from being born the right gender and skin color, that's fading? What year is it that white people will officially be a minority in America? We live in a patriarchal, racist society. And as far as we go, they're always going to be more in power. That's just the system that we've set up. It's just kind of insane to me that we're, you know, we we're getting these crumbs. They don't want to share their crumbs. <laughs> we're getting crumbs. I cannot help but believe, deeply believe with every fiber of my being, those crumbs are getting bigger. It, it You cannot keep suppressing people. There's going to be less white people. There's going to be less heterosexual people. There's going to be the, the power structure that is set up is shifting. Yeah. And the the reason it seems like things are so crazy and out of control is that the people that were used to sitting in privilege are realizing that seat is not quite so solid anymore. And of course, they're panicking and lashing yeah. out and, and freaking You're right. out. You're right. Has been a, definitely a change. The radical politics that I learned in my late teens have become way more public discussion than mm -hmm. I was learning about them. I remember having to explain to everybody what gender queer was, where now I think it's definitely more of a conversation or talking about like this kind of stuff. So you're right. There has been definitely a shift. And yeah, they're very, very threatened. It's, it's a shift. And as the people in power start to lose the power, that's when they're the most dangerous. Yeah. I, I think that's what we're seeing now is it's undeniable that the shift is happening. And they're like, wait, but, but, uh, 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 and that's when they get dangerous. But I believe that we can weather the storm and we get on the other side. America is going to look different. The way that people are treated is going to look different. We now have transgender politicians. Transgender fucking politicians are happening. Oh, yeah, you're right. You're right. It's you're getting right. there. It's just it's the, the, the death rattles of the dying structure is scary. And we're in the death rattles. Yeah. There's, and make sure there's an ancient Chinese curse. May you live in interesting times. We live in interesting times. There's no doubt about it. Do you have <laughs> anything more that you want to add on this? I will add to any sex workers that are listening to this to fucking organize. It's been interesting since I started this thing. We've been contacted by sex workers all over the country, and we've definitely been sharing our resources. But I've done activism here and there and not like this i've just donated money or that's not even activism i've just donated or helped raise causes and went to some protests and whatever but i was never an activist until i realized that something needed to happen so you don't need to be this pro activist to fucking organize you can get it together and figure it out because the more we band together and we fight together and figure stuff out and share resources the safer and 
the more we can fight this. You don't have to be activist superstar to get a bunch of local workers together and figure some shit out. So yeah, organize, organize. That's Va- my vaccine. My- Holloway's activist credentials are rock solid. I will never forget yep. when she was the one person that had the courage to stand up and take a lawsuit against yes. Kink Live. Yes. For yeah. all of us cam girls were getting completely fucked over. And she was the one that was like, yeah, no, that's bull. And she was totally in the right. And she took oh, yeah. on kink and she won. She's badass. <laughs> so I'm really glad that the two of you are, do you have a, a website or a name? We, How can people that are curious website? look you up? Oh, yeah, yeah. So we're making a website that's not up yet. We have been running these meetings and then recently we're like, okay, we obviously are uh, an organization now. What do we do? So we have a Twitter right now. That's what we have. Our name is Bay Area Pro Support. And our uh, handle on Twitter is Bay Pro Support. That's uh, where you can find we'll be updating more and more. We still have to post our first fucking tweet because I made it yesterday. We'll be posting meeting information and resources and everything that we find. Uh, we'll be posting there because we've both been destroying our businesses and brand. <laughs> we've talked about politics constantly on our own Twitters. We still have to sell ass. <laughs> I have noticed that it's a very interesting dichotomy where you're selling ass and like, well, where's all the hot ass? But I'm also an activist. I need to talk about this. And people are like, oh, well, that's not sexy. You're killing my boner. Why bother with the activism stuff? It is a fine needle to thread. I've it's noticed so the more fun. I talk about activism, the more I talk about politics, the more I talk about anything that isn't dick and boobs, my numbers go down. People stop following me. You have to be able to do both. And it is a fine line where it's like, oh, you're too preachy. You've lost me. But if you don't preach, you have no business. Your business will vanish. Yeah. So, Oh, yeah. I like to follow up any sort of series of tweets that are kind of heavy and people are like, oh, this is a bummer with something slightly sexy just to kind of lighten the mood. Same, I did that this morning. <laughs> <laughs> right? Sorry, this is heavy. Look, here's some tits. That's exactly it. It's like distracting <laughs> toddlers. It's like, oh, I was making scary. Here you go, boobies. <laughs> here's a new shiny toy. Boobies make uh, everything better. Yeah. No, I definitely did that today. It's it's a delicate one. And then you once in a while have that wonderful fan that loves you for all the things that you do. And that's always magical. That's that the like type for of your fans kitty. that you want to have. Yeah. Those, and I love them. I've had some people that have been dedicated years that have fucking get it. And when you have that, it's a truly something special. <laughs> I hear but, you there. Yeah. <laughs> I encourage you to keep up on the activism because it's legitimately something that our industry needs. And I encourage any listener that might be checking out this podcast and is also in the industry and is on the fence to get more involved in activism because this is our business. This is what we've invested a lot of time and energy in, and we don't need to have it taken away. And if you sit on your ass and think it's not going to affect you, if you blink, you're going to have rights stripped away that you didn't want to. So speak up and then make sure to throw a couple little boob pictures in there because a spoonful of sugar helps the medicine go down. <laughs> yeah. Oh, one last thing. Pray tell. One thing. Non-sex worker folk, you are that uptight about being out about sex workers' rights. There's another way you can talk about FOSTA without outing yourself as an ally to sex workers, even though I think that sucks. 
but whatever. I'm not in everybody's situation. Um, you can come at it from a free speech and sexual mm-hmm. liberation standpoint. Because the language in these laws are so vague, it is going after everyday Americans' liberties. So go out from that standpoint. I have people that tweet me all the time and they're like, oh, this is my secret hidden account. I have a second backup for Funzie's account because I wouldn't want anyone to know I actually follow sex workers. Mm-hmm. And the reason that FOSTA was able to pass so easily, notwithstanding the, oh, we need to save these poor traffic darlings, is that nobody wants to stand up for sex workers. It's a no, they hard, hard cause to get behind. Oh, support the hookers. Mm-hmm. Even people that would care are like, oh, societal shaming. I don't want anyone to know I'm supporting the hookers. Hey, I get it if you don't want to come out in public and say, I'm pro-sex workers. But you can come out in public and say, I'm pro-free speech. I am pro the right to say my thoughts and feelings. And this bill is absolutely poorly constructed. Fuck the sex workers and then give them money because you should. But take the sex workers off the table. This is about me as an average Joe American citizen losing my rights. That's something that people can get behind. Yeah. Thank you so much for joining us and giving us your thoughts on this. Do you want to wrap it and do one last plug of all the things you've mentioned, where you can be found, and the stuff you're doing? So, yeah, you can find my porn at www.arabellerafael.com. You can find me on Twitter. It is my name, same thing, and Instagram. Also, if you want to check out Babe Bro Network, we're going to be uploading all that stuff. And, again, I'm coming out with a new book soon, so you'll uh, be able to get your hands on that. Does the book have a title? Yeah, Evaluations of Worth. Nice. Thank you. I'm super looking forward to that. Thank you so much for joining us. It is truly appreciated. I will give you a heads up when this podcast comes out. Take care. Nice talking to you. You too. Bye. This is just a quick reminder for all of our listeners. I hope you're enjoying what you're creating as much as we are enjoying creating it. If you like what you hear, please follow and rate us on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, or wherever you may get your podcasts. And don't forget, we are always looking for fresh questions for this podcast. If you have any questions you would like to call in, please feel free to leave a message at 614-R-DeGray. That is 614-733-4739. We'd love to hear your thoughts, and you just might be on an upcoming podcast.